and welcome to the Week Junior Show. We have another fun-packed episode for you this week. We're going to be showing off our wonderfully spooktacular magazine, which is out just in time for Halloween on the 31st of October. Uh, we'll be introducing you to a poo frog. Yeah, you heard me, a poo frog. And in our big debate, we'll be discussing whether pizza is better than pasta. So to tell us all about these stories and a bit more, we're joined by two of the team from the Week Junior magazine. We've got associate editor Laura and editorial assistant Kay. Uh, and first up, I want to know, guys, because it's Halloween, do you have a cool Halloween trick? I'm not sure I do. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, pumpkin carving. And I, that's my trick, I guess, is that I can carve a good pumpkin. But uh, Laura, I feel like you'd be better than me at this. What do you have for me? Um, well, I've actually, I don't really have a trick. So um, and I've never carved a pumpkin because I would probably carve my hand in half because I'm <laughs> not very, um, I'm very clumsy. But um, when I was at school, um, I was taught how to make like f- these sort of fake wounds um and um yeah and i did i did them on loads of people and it was basically you get a bit of putty and then you make a sort of hole in it so it looks like a a sort of gash and then you put loads of fake blood over it and yeah it's pretty gross and cool that's perfect for halloween yeah i like that uh kay how about you mine is just this little trick where you bend both thumbs and like join them together and slightly move them and it looks like a broken finger yeah, that's a smart Perfect. one as well. That's a, that's a classic one, isn't it? That's a great one. Um, well, I I'm, I'm need to up my Halloween trick game, I suppose. Uh, and while I'm trying to consider what I could do, Kay, can you tell us about this week's um, cover story? Because it is rather trick or treaty. Yeah, so on this week's cover, there's a massive pumpkin and lots of kind of spooky trees. And the cover line is trick or treat. And this week we're celebrating the new CBBC show, Spooky Files. We've also got some really cool films for you, which are like perfect for Halloween movie nights. And there's also this really cool how-to where you can make a skeleton decoration out of straws and string and decorate your house with them. I love it. So basically, Kay, what you're saying is the Week Junior have gone all in on Halloween this week. Yeah, and we've also got a really nice interview with the author of Shiver Point. Oh, wow. Okay, we're, we're really going with this theme. I love it. All right, yeah, and the, uh, I've got to say the cover is quite striking because that massive pumpkin right in the middle, it does exactly what you need, doesn't it, right? Yeah, I love a pumpkin. Big fan of that. Uh, all right, well, now it's time to go from pumpkins to real or rubbish. Uh, this is the bit of the show where one of the team tries to trick me with a story. I have to guess whether it's true or false. My record has not been good recently, so I need to claw it back. Laura, oh, you can, you're can you rubbing your hands together in glee. <laughs> oh, that doesn't bode well for me. All right, come on then, Laura, tell me the story. Oh, I just love this story. Okay, so um, this week's real or rubbish is about um, quite an unlikely pairing, I'll admit. Um, but... Let's see what you think of it. So hundreds of politicians gathered at Disneyland Paris recently. Uh, Now, I know this seems weird. I can't really imagine Rishi Sunak hugging Donald Duck or meeting Mm. a princess, but maybe he has. I don't know. Um, But it was actually for a meeting about the future of tourism in Europe. So the group was made up of top decision makers from the European Union, which is a collection of 27 countries that work and trade together. And they thought that the popular French theme park was the perfect place to discuss uh, giving out money to boost the tourism industry. Um, But I have to point out that no characters took part in the meeting, sadly. Not even the chief, not even Mickey Mouse. Um, but yeah, so what do you think? Is this true, Bex, or is it pure Disney fantasy? So you're telling me that lots of politicians went to Disneyland to discuss tourism? Yep. 
All in their suits, all, all suited. The, and, yeah, all in their suits. But were, were they in like the Magic Kingdom, just chilling out? Like, did they have a Disney breakfast? They didn't meet any of the characters from the the films. Is that what you're telling me, though? Because that's a wasted opportunity. Well, no, the, the the characters didn't take part in the meetings. But I mean, you can't you can't really walk around uh, Disneyland Paris and not meet characters. So um, yeah, there are there are, there are some pictures of them. Uh, walking around and yeah yeah in the magic kingdom yeah i just, i love the idea of politicians like they need a bit of magic as well right they they yeah. need to be spruced up a little bit with a bit of disney magic i think they've missed a trick by not letting goofy into the main meeting to be honest That'd be quite fun. <laughs> uh, yeah i mean he true. could have had some important points to make but i mean i think it was oh well, obviously they had fun uh because you can't even you can't walk through Disneyland Paris and, and not have a little bit of fun just seeing all the all the things um but it was it was a serious meeting um about the tourism industry and where better the place to have it because Disneyland Paris is very important to tourism so it does make sense but yeah you said it's a serious meeting well if a serious meeting surely you have a big conference room and a very important office space you don't have a serious meeting in the middle of the Disney Plaza right well, yeah, but they're getting it's, they're getting out there, aren't they? They're seeing tourism in action. You know, it's, it's helping them make their important decisions about where money should go and what people enjoy and how tourism works. I, I'm wondering if this is true. I'm wondering whether the politicians just wanted a free holiday to Disneyland and they were like, oh, where can we pick for this meeting? Mm, well, yeah, I mean, I don't know who decided where to hold it. Perhaps that person is a bit of a, a Disney fan, and and um, yeah, maybe I, they were. I would absolutely do that. I'd be like, oh, Bex, you get to pick anywhere you can have the meeting for everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, Disneyland, please. Thanks. I'd 100% do that. I kind of want it to be true because I admire somebody who decided that was the place to go. Um, but I don't... I'm trying to think if I've seen any politicians in Disneyland recently. Not that I go to Disneyland, not that I mean... <laughs> recently how many times do you go (laughs) i just mean in pictures have i seen any have i seen rishi sunak next to you know donald duck i don't know whether i have i don't Um, know i mean i'm sure maybe they i mean yeah politicians have to have holidays as well and they they do don't they yeah they have fun yeah well okay well i don't know about this i really want it to be true but i don't know whether it is anyway while i'm thinking about that disney uh, escapade let's talk about our book of the week which is adventures in time fall of the aztecs it's an epic adventure uh, it goes back in time to 1519 with real life characters adventures and events and we've got a message here from the author dominic sandbrook hello there to everybody listening to the week junior show my name is dominic sandbrook and i am the author of Adventures in Time, The Fall of the Aztecs, which has been chosen as Book of the Week in the latest issue of the magazine. And they've asked me to answer a very important question. What was my favourite children's book when I was growing up? Well, my favourite book of all time is The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. It's a massive book. It's the story of all these um, characters called The Fellowship of the Ring, and they go on this great quest, and they fight lots of battles, and they have all kinds of adventures, and they get uh, captured, and they escape, and there's wizards, and um, orcs, and dragons, and trolls, and all kinds of things. But the book that got me into that was his first book, The Hobbit, which is probably a more appropriate book for children, really, because it's it's a bit shorter, Um, And that's the story of this uh, hobbit called Bilbo Baggins who becomes a burglar and he has to go on a quest to steal some treasure from a dragon. And I still think it's actually one of the best written and most enjoyable books I have ever read. Our big thank you to Dominic Zandbrook. Now, lots of people have been messaging us this week, not just famous authors. Uh, Kay, what have you seen in the inbox that's caught your eye? 
this half term, Soraya, who's age eight, celebrated the Hindu festival of Navrati with her mum, grandmother and aunts. She said, I decorated a special prayer dish, wore Gujarati clothes called Chania Koli and enjoyed traditional Garba dancing in honour of the goddess Durga. Gotta say, I love this picture. It's such a lovely family picture and uh, it looks like a really cool event. I wish I could have been there for. Um, Laura, how about you? What have you seen this week? So uh, we had a message from Ruben, age 10, um, and he sent us a really impressive picture. Um, and he is sitting on his bed holding, um, well, I can't actually see, but I'm guessing it's a copy of The Week Junior that he's holding in his hands. Um, but the main thing is that all around him, like, he's covered the entire floor of his bedroom with 80 The Week Junior magazines, which he's collected um, over the weeks. Um, and he, yeah, he's laid them out on the bedroom floor. It looks like a, a wonderful magazine mosaic. Um, which is just brilliant. Yeah, thank you, Ruben. It's Love incredible. That. I recognise some of the covers from previous podcast episodes as well. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that one, I know that one. Uh, it's a bright and colourful picture. Um, and speaking of things that are bright and colourful, I believe, Laura, you need to tell us about a new competition. Yes, indeed. So we love seeing your photos. But in the mag this week, we've also announced the annual cover competition, which means that we want to see your drawings too. So just like last year, we're asking you, our readers, to design the cover of the Week Juniors Christmas issue. Uh, so it doesn't have to be Christmassy. It can be just winter themes. Um, so think robins, snow, cosy jumpers, polar bears. Um, and there is a template in this week's issue, which you can cut out, um, or you can ask an adult to help you find the template online and download it. Um, so you just need to go to www.theweekjunior.co.uk forward slash Christmas 2023 hyphen cover. That's a long one. <laughs> um, and you can download as many copies as you like. So you can kind of um, have a go and see what works best. Um, and on there, there's also the details of how you can post your cover to us. Um, and the deadline is the 24th of November. So good luck. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing those because I know there was a, a lot of amazing entries last year and I'm sure this year uh, listeners and readers will not disappoint. So, of course, we need uh, your opinions on everything we do here on the podcast and you can send your news to us at hello at theweekjunior.co.uk or leave us a voice note. Go to funkidslive.com slash theweekjunior, look for that big red button and then just record your voice. You could be a star in next week's show. Uh, you'll basically be a co-presenter, to be honest. Uh, now, it's time to talk about some other news in this week's magazine. Um, Laura, tell me what is happening first in your pick. You've already um, touched on, on, on my pick of the week, um, which, I mean, it's obvious that I was going to pick this one because I, I love all the animal stories. Um, it's about a baby frog, which scientists have discovered disguises itself as a poo. Um, so Wallace's flying frogs are a species that are found in the steamy jungles of Southeast Asia. And when they're all grown up, they're a very um, vivid, fetching shade of green. Um, but however, when they're young, they're a sort of reddish brown colour covered in white spots. Um, now, I know what you're thinking. Well, what I was thinking is what poo has white spots in it. Mm. Um, um, now, sadly, I couldn't get hold of any of the scientists to ask my burning question. Um, <laughs> but I did I did sort of mull this over and um, forgive me, but I did think about how you, you can get white sweet corn. And we all know what happens to sweet corn when we eat it. But anyway, back to the science. Um, the researchers were in a zoo in Austria and they tested their theory in a big greenhouse um, with lots of birds and they put out wax models of frogs in green, 
red and then red with white spots. And they found that the birds were more likely to swoop in and attack the red frogs rather than the green ones, um, who I guess were sort of disguised in the greenery. But they were much less likely to attack the spotty red frogs. Um, so a researcher pointed out that the frogs seemed to accept that they would be seen by the birds, but the spots were a way to make them appear less edible. Because um, obviously they look like something's poo. Um, so there we have it. It's not the most glamorous of disguises that I've seen in the animal kingdom, but it's obviously an effective one. So. If it works and it's smart, I, I've got to respect them. I, I salute the poo frog. Um, <laughs> thank you very much, Laura. Uh, Kay, how about you? What have you been finding out about? There's been some record-breaking pumpkins at a farm in Southampton in England, and more than 10,000 pumpkins and squashes were used to form a mosaic, which is a picture arranged by using pieces of stone or glass. Um, and this pumpkin and squash mosaic was inspired by the animated film The Nightmare Before Christmas. The giant display took around five hours to make, and the people that made it, the Nelson family, said that they are really surprised and pleased that it has actually won a Guinness World Record for the largest mosaic made of squashes. <laughs> it's a niche <laughs> record, but I respect it. Well, going from one food to another, it's now time for the big debate. This week's podcast is making me so peckish. We are talking about food and uh, it's pasta versus pizza. Now, some people believe that the Italian explorer Marco Polo brought pasta to Italy from China in the 13th century. And others say there's evidence of it in Italy before the Roman times. Modern pizza is said to have been born in the city of Naples in the late 18th century. And the Neapolitan pizza from Naples has a thin, crispy base and a fluffy crust. Oh my goodness, I'm salivating even speaking about it. Um, Sicilian pizza has a thick base, a fluffy crust and a different type of cheese. And there's around 350 types of pasta from, um, oh my goodness, how do I say this? Oriacetti, I think, meaning little ears, to conchigal... I can't even say this. Conchigli. Let's say conchigli, which is the little shells. Uh, and in Italy, um, I think each is used for a particular dish as well. So what I'm saying is, it's a big question. Pizza versus pasta. The ultimate showdown. I don't think I've ever been so conflicted on any debate we've had here on uh, The Week Junior. So um, each person has 60 seconds to make their case. Laura is going to go first. Laura is arguing for a pro pizza dinner. Ooh. So Laura, um, I've got my little timer here. Okay. Um, don't do what Vanessa did to me last week, which was start talking, and I started the timer, and it turned out she was just talking, and it wasn't part of the debate, and I got very <laughs> confused, and I had to restart the timer. Um, okay. So, Laura, whenever you're ready, take it away. Okay, focused on pizza, go. Um, so, yeah, it's pizza. It's got to be pizza for me. Um, I um, have pizza probably once a week. Is that bad? Um, sorry if it is. Um, sorry, mum, if you're listening. So um, I'm going to give you three reasons why pizza is superior to pasta. Um, pizza is fun. It's just fun. It's easy. You eat it with your hands. You know, you think pizza, you think movie night, sitting on the, snuggling on the sofa and eating. You can't eat pasta with your hands. Can't eat what you could, but it'd be very messy. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's very simple. It's bread, cheese, tomato at its, you know, at its purest form, um, which is just, you know, I mean, you can't really improve on that, can you? The simplest things are the best things. But thirdly, and most importantly, I feel, um, 
the variety with pizza. You can make pizza as individual as you like. You know, people, uh, apparently some people in Sweden add bananas to their pizza. Um, I am a pineapple lover, I have to admit. Um, you can add whatever you want and you can have it thin. You can have it stuffed crust. You can have it deep pan. You can have it where, however you want. <gasps> Oh, lovely. I love that you guessed, you noticed it went to a minute. Um, you just reminded me that my my dad used to do a thing where instead of having like, you know, when you put a stew and you put in all your leftovers that you would make and like you'd kind of mix it up into, dad did that with pizza. So he'd put like fish fingers, pineapple, anything he could Ooh, find, just go on a pizza. Fish fingers. It'll change your life, Laura. It'll change your life. Fish fingers You're on a pizza. Sure. Anyway, Kay, it's time for your uh, pasta uh, debate. We need to We need to find out why pasta should win. So whenever you're ready, take it away. I love pasta. It's my favourite meal. I love having it in a restaurant or at home. And you can even make it yourself. But the best thing about it is that it's just so quick to make if you've bought it from the shop. It only takes about 10 minutes. And I also really like it because unlike pizza, you have to eat it when it's hot, really. But with pasta, you can make loads of it and then reheat it later. And there are so many different types of it, like penne, spaghetti, or fasilli. And um, obviously, if you go to Italy, you'll also find all of these like super interesting types of sauce that are specific to different areas. So you could just travel around eating different types of spaghetti, uh, pasta, and sauces to accompany it. And you don't have to have just a pasta with a sauce. You can have it in soup or you could bake a lasagna or just have it in a salad. Um, yeah, so the possibilities are endless. Possibly. We, we went a bit over, but that was because I was so excited to hear about food, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, my you goodness. You to hear all the options. Oh, yeah, I did. I felt like I was listening to a menu. Um <laughs> Well, of course, you can, we need to know what the listeners think about this. Don't forget uh, to get involved. Go to theweekjunior.co.uk slash polls to vote. This is a pretty big one, I reckon. Um, you can also comment your opinion wherever it is you're listening to the podcast or record a voice note at funkidslive.com slash theweekjunior. Just hit that big red button and let us know your thoughts. Now, last week, Eve and Vanessa debated about whether schools should offer community service. Uh, Kay, what were the results? 75% of you think that helping out in the community is good for you and it's a great way to meet new people. Uh, Laura, what did we, we hear from the listeners? What did they have to say? Yeah, we had loads of comments. So um, somebody said, I think it should be an optional thing, um, like the Duke of Edinburgh. So I guess they weren't against it, but they said some kids want to do it and others don't. Somebody else said yes, because it would teach children the value of helping others. Um, and somebody else said kids are already so busy and it's not fair to make them do more. But then somebody else said yes, because you can pick up rubbish and it will be good for the environment. So, yeah, lots of good examples there. So many opinions. Yeah, 75 percent. It's a pretty big win. Um, of course, like I mentioned for this week's big debate, just go and vote at the weekjunior.co.uk slash polls. Now, before we go, we've got to reveal this real rubbish story. Laura, can you remind me what it was, please? I can, yes. So this was the story of hundreds of politicians gathering at Disneyland Paris recently for a meeting. And they're politicians from like all around Europe? Uh, they're from the European Union. Right, yeah. okay. So they're, they're top um, decision makers. And um, yeah, they were talking about tourism. Oh, I really want this to be... I feel like, because it's Disney's 100th anniversary this year. Maybe yes, it, it was a good crossover celebration. Maybe they were celebrating tourism in Disney and... But then would people take the meeting seriously if you've got like, you know, Minnie Mouse wandering around in the background of the pictures? I don't know. People wouldn't take them too seriously, would they? I 
I'm going to say, because I want it to be, I'm going to say the story is real. I'm going to say the story this week is true. And there were politicians wandering around Disneyland having a meeting. Okay. Should we do a drum roll? Drum roll, please. It's rubbish. No. (laughs) Not another one. No. I'm sorry, Bex. But this is a really great story. Um, So there were a group of EU politicians. And they were on their way to a meeting at the European Parliament in Strasbourg. And I can really relate to this because I travel on on trains a lot. Um, Due to a signalling error, sorry, they ended up at Disneyland Paris by mistake. Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. So, well, all I can say is I wish the signalling errors that I've experienced took me to Disneyland. Usually they just make me late for work. But Yeah, that's... That's what I had. Elements of truth to it. As and then a bit of tr- well, I'll take that. The la- yeah, the last thing layer I had took me to Bristol Parkway, which is a lovely place, but not as as cool as Disneyland <laughs> Paris. Not quite, no. <laughs> um, well, I'm annoyed that I got another one wrong in a row. I'm going to have to pull it back at some point soon. But you, I mean, gosh, it's not been good for me. Anyway, um, I do, I do believe, Kate, we've got uh, something else going on in the world of the week junior at the moment as well. Yep, so this is your reminder that time's running out for you to take part in our big survey. We want to hear all about you and what makes you tick, from your favourite subject at school to what you think the Prime Minister should be doing, and any suggestions for how we can make the Wheat Junior even better. Grab a grown-up and go to tinyurl.com forward slash twj hyphen survey 23 to answer our burning questions before the 10th of November. I love that. Yeah, get involved and get your voice heard. Absolutely. Uh, That is it for this week's episode of The Week Junior Show. So a big thank you, of course, to Laura and, of course, to Kay. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe or follow us wherever it is you get your podcast from. Tune in to next week's show where we'll be joined by some more guests from the team for some stories, debates and chats. See you then. I'm off to get some pasta. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast, which is made by the same people that make The Week Junior magazine. You can get six free issues of The Week Junior or three issues of The Week Junior Science and Nature for £5 by heading to theweekjunior.co.uk forward slash podcast offer. I'm James Stewart, and in Saving Planet Earth, I'm going to be joined by some of the world's top scientists to introduce you to some of the weird and wonderful ideas being trialled to try and save our planet. Led, of course, by your questions. Hi, James. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? And one of the solutions involves dolphin poo. (laughs) This is Saving Planet Earth. Available wherever you get your podcasts.